Hi, I'm Sarah Trott, and welcome to the Fourth Trimester Podcast. I'm a new mama, and this podcast is all about postpartum care for the first few months following birth, the time period also known as the Fourth Trimester. My postpartum doula, Esther Gallagher, is my co-host. She's a mother, grandmother, perinatal educator, birth and postpartum care provider. Fourth Trimester Care, our topic, is about the practical, emotional, and social support parents and baby require. And importantly, it helps set the tone for the continuing journey of parenting. Hey listeners, we're always excited to share valuable information with you on the Fourth Trimester Podcast. As a reminder, everyone's care requirements are different. So, as always, do consult with your medical care professional on what is right for you and your body. Hi, this is Sarah Trott, and welcome back to Fourth Trimester Podcast. I am here with a special guest today who I will introduce in a moment. Before I do, I'd like to remind everyone to go to your podcast app on your phone, hit follow, subscribe to us on Instagram, follow us wherever you listen to your shows so you can get updated every time we have a new release. And today we have a really cool topic, which is prenatal vitamins 101. Think of this as a primer on the best prenatal vitamins. We're going to talk about what prenatal vitamins do, what nutrients to look for and why. We're going to talk about any red flags to watch out for when you're selecting a prenatal. We're going to talk about how to incorporate prenatals into your routine. And we're going to talk about taking vitamins after birth, so during postpartum and while you're nursing, and why people may or may not want to do that. So... Without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to our special guest. Her name is Bridget Mallinson. She is a functional medicine dietitian. She's a business mentor, and she's the founder and CEO of Gut Personal, which is a supplement company that is designed for everyone to help eliminate gut issues. And they like to say, eliminate your gut issues for good through a personalized approach. And I like that. So I'm going to say it exactly. She's also the mama of a sparkling baby girl, and she and I have been going back and forth talking about and prepping for this episode before and after her maternity leave. So this episode has been a long time coming, and it has some extra special meaning for Bridget as well, both as a business person and as a mother. And I would add that I am personally a big fan of Bridget's products. I use them regularly, and I've been feeling good and getting better sleep. I've tried the Miracle Worker, and I've tried the Women's Probiotic. And I just have to say, I've tried a lot of different things, and it's great to find things that work for me. I've tried to be really careful because there, for some people, there can be dietary or other health considerations going on, and I'm certainly in that camp. So always great to find something that works. And back to Bridget. So she spent a long time, I think around 10 years or so, as a nutritionist and a registered dietitian. And she started her own business only a few years ago. And it's been hugely successful in a very short span of time, mainly because she's been able to transform her own battle with health and gut issues um, and translate that into solutions for other people too. And amid all this, somehow she finds time to do business mentorship for women, talking about building the business and life of their dreams. That's a whole other conversation we could have, but how cool is that? And also, I want to mention that I love that her company is both female-founded. We've had lots of female founders on the show, and it also has mostly female investors, so love that. And yeah, so welcome, Bridget. I'm so happy to have you on the program today. 
Thank you so much. I think you encompassed a lot of our mission already. And I'm just so excited to share with all the mamas, all the knowledge that I have so that, you know, they feel the most empowered in their journey of motherhood and feeling great in a female body. Love it. And you are currently in the eye of the storm in your own fourth trimester with an infant at home. And one of the traditions that we have on the show is to ask guests if they'd be willing to talk a bit about their own fourth trimester experience. So do you want to share a little bit about how your experience has gone? I'd love to. So my daughter, Lily, was born in July. We're recording this podcast in February. She's six months old. And I have had, I mean, an incredible fourth trimester, but there's also been a lot of identity shifts. I think a lot of you know, new moms go through, I have a very positive outlook in life. And I think that serves me in a lot of ways. And I was just really excited to have a daughter so that, you know, I can show her that women can do it all. You know, I can be CEO of a company. I can be the breadwinner for my family. I can have her and be a really incredibly present and loving mom. I can be a great wife. I can be all the things. And before I gave birth to her, that's that's what I was really intending and excited for. And I think in my fourth trimester, what has been challenging at times is trying to do it all. And what I've realized in my fourth trimester is, yes, I can be it all, but I don't need to do it all all the time. And what that allowed for is more support in my life. So more support in terms of, you know, we have a postpartum doula who's actually here at our house right now watching Lily, who comes three days a week. And for me, you know, releasing that I had to do it all, releasing some guilt for not being able to do it all, you know, I needed support if I was going to work full time and continue our mission at Gut Personal, then I needed more support. So it's been some identity shifts and it's been a lot of learning, but all very positive. And um, of course, there's been hard times, but it allows me to work through them and um, in, a, in a big way. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing with that. And you've also been pretty open on other shows as well. You were talking about your own birth experience. And of course, everyone's experience is different. But you were touching on something when we were just chatting before we started recording about how going through hard things can be really empowering. And you know, everyone's introduction to motherhood is different. <laughs> Sometimes it's a lot. And yeah, so I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. You know, it was as a supplement company owner, I am very natural in how I live my life. And I had intended a very unmedicated birth. At one point, I realized that my body, that was not right for my body 48 hours in. And what was really empowering about that, and I'm just getting goosebumps as I share this because I want this to be the main part of the message. What was really empowering was making a decision, not because of an expectation, but because I was listening to my body. And I finally realized, you know, after having very strong contractions for 48 hours, I realized that the best thing I could do for myself, the most empowering, wonderful thing was not putting my feet in the sand and saying, no, I'm going to go through this. It was listening to my body and saying, okay, it's epidural time. And for me, that was the right decision and, and a very empowering one. And it allowed me to tune into my intuition, which I just think as moms and you know, you as a three-time mom 
can probably speak to this for much longer than I can, but I just feel like as moms, especially in the fourth trimester, our intuition is like on steroids, which I just love. Like listening to your gut, listening to your intuition has been so powerful in this fourth trimester. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. We have an entire episode dedicated to self-trust, why it matters, how important it is. And it's it's important even for individuals who aren't parents. It's just a, it's sort of a human level thing. And the importance of it for sure is emphasized throughout pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and parenting. So I love that. I love that you shared that. The other thing I really like about what you just said is talking about changing expectations or being flexible in your expectations. We have a document. You can go to our website on fourthtrimesterpodcast.com. We have a template that people can use if they want. And we actually call it, it's a birth plan, but we actually call it a birth intentions document. I love that. I love that. Where were you when I was creating that in July? Because mine was like, hard and fast birth plan. This will happen. This will not. This will happen. This will not. I love that. Intentions. Mm -hmm. Yes. The whole idea of being a little bit flexible can go a very long way. It's true for your birth. And it's also true for a lot in parenting too. And be kind to yourself out there, mamas and dads and parents in general and caregivers. Be kind to yourself because if it doesn't go the way you planned it to, it does not mean you're failing it gives you an opportunity for growth. Yeah. Some different ways of doing things, which is always wonderful. So we are going to now shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about prenatal vitamin 101. So the first thing that we were talking about reviewing is just the, the very high level basics. A lot of people will ask the question, like, what do prenatal vitamins even do? Yeah, prenatal vitamins are so important and actually for a very long stage. I think the word prenatal, we think we just need to be taking them during pregnancy. But a, a quick myth that I want to bust is that you really should be taking them a year before you get pregnant, during pregnancy, and probably a year postpartum. There are so many nutrients that are needed in very high amounts to create a baby. If you think about it, we're creating life and our body needs a lot more support. And so there's a lot of things that are involved that, you know, B vitamins and choline and, and all these things that actually help a baby develop that we don't get enough in our diet. What we get from nutrition, what we get from our diet is so much less nutrient dense than it used to be. And I know this because I test women's nutrients all the time. And this is actually what helped me create an even better prenatal because I'm testing women's nutrients and seeing, okay, here's the research, what we need more of during pregnancy and when you're trying to conceive in postpartum. But then also I was looking at the data of my clients and saying, okay, they need more of this. So a prenatal is so incredibly important to not only support your body with actually making the baby, but then to support your own system and your energy and your own brain health, everything. It's so, so, so important. And so they're critical for both the mom and the developing baby. And that's interesting. I've heard different guidelines like, hey, shoot for starting to take, if you're thinking about getting pregnant, shoot to take your prenatals about three months before. You've said a year. And what is that? That's time for the body to sort of absorb everything and store the nutrients required? Absolutely. So a lot of problems and symptoms women have during pregnancy 
could be solved if they were not deficient in nutrients. A very specific thing that women struggle with is morning sickness and nausea. And that was actually something I struggled with a lot. And, you know, I wasn't taking a multivitamin really for a long time before I started getting pregnant. It was about three months. And there were a lot of reasons why I think with scaling a company, I wasn't taking care of myself as well as I should have been. And I wasn't thinking, actually, I truly wasn't thinking about getting pregnant. My husband and I weren't going to be trying. And it was a surprise. So I wasn't prepared. So I was really sick in my first trimester. One of the nutrients that reduces morning sickness and nausea is vitamin B6. And so I started adding more of that in, in my first trimester. And I'm thinking to myself, but why doesn't my prenatal have this in it? If we know 50 milligrams of vitamin B6 is shown in research to reduce morning sickness, why wouldn't my prenatal have it? And there's a lot of different answers to that question, but my solution was, okay, well, I'm going to go start and create my own prenatal. And there were a lot of changes that I made, but it's really important to get those nutrients in for a long time. Yeah. And give your body plenty of time to adjust, it sounds like. So that's kind of fascinating. We're sort of delving into an overview of what nutrients you should be looking for in prenatals. That's sort of fascinating. I I know people who have suffered from very severe nausea and B6. There's also some research on potentially genetic relationships between nausea and the body. So that's sort of fascinating as well. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's other root causes too. I think genetics are always playing a role. And then it's like if the environment turns them on or turns that genetic snip off. And then also gut health is huge, is wildly huge in nausea. You know, are you digesting your food properly? Do you have too much bad bacteria in your gut? So really when I'm thinking about, you know, a prenatal plan before you get pregnant, if you're taking your prenatal and then making sure everything is is doing really great, you know, you're reducing stress, you're checking out your gut health. That's kind of like preconception that I I love to think about for people, whether it's their first, their second, or their third. Yeah, so true. Okay, so B6, critical. What else is really important to be looking for in a prenatal vitamin? I know there's, I've, most of them, I'm trying to remember what mine had in it. Folic acid, iron, calcium, a lot of critical stuff. Oh my gosh, you just touched on some great things to start us off. So if you have a prenatal with folic acid, what I want you to do is to throw it out. It is a very cheap form of folate. And so I I know everyone's going to be like, oh my God, wait, my doctor talks about folic acid. It's true, but it's not the correct form that should be in a prenatal. Most people have a genetic SNP called MTHFR. Most of us women, about 60 to 70%. That means we can't actually use folic acid in the body and it can actually act as a toxin in the body. And so we need the correct form of folate, which is tetrahydromethylfolate. (laughs) So you don't need to remember that, but you really need the correct form of that B vitamin and then also B12. If you want to take a look at your current prenatal, if it says methylcobalamin, that's really what you want as your form of B12. So when you're thinking about nutrients, it's not only are the nutrients there, are the vitamins there, but are they there in the correct form? So that's something to be thinking about. And then also the relationship between iron and calcium is really important. Iron and calcium have to be taken separately. So calcium blocks iron absorption. And actually it was shocking to me. This is a very like well-known, you know, 
I learned this in undergrad. I say that because it's shocking when you go to Whole Foods and you start looking at the prenatals, they always have iron and calcium. Calcium blocks iron absorption, so you're actually not absorbing the iron at all. And so our prenatal doesn't have any iron in it. Another reason to not put iron in a prenatal is that iron needs to be personalized, the dosing. So some of us are not iron deficient. And if we add more iron into the body when we're not iron deficient, it actually wreaks havoc on our gut and can increase bad bacteria in the body, which is not a good thing, especially if we think about group B strep and everything like that. We don't want to be you know, affecting the gut in a negative way because we give our gut to our babies through our vaginal microbiome. So yeah, you want to make sure your prenatal just has calcium and then your iron should be personalized separately. Okay. So B6, B12, we talked about, we talked about calcium, iron being separate. By the way, we have another great episode of, if any listeners are interested in a deep dive on iron and anemia, we have an episode about avoiding and treating anemia. So that's an iron deficiency that can happen. There's a lot of great research out there about this. We also have really good recipes for lamb stew, things that are very iron rich and very important for women who are needing to increase those red blood cells. Go back to the, um, say on the folic acid thing again, you said the correct form to look for is called what? Methyl tetrahydrofolate. Okay. We'll put this on the article that goes with the website as well. So you don't have to like scribble this down while you're listening. We'll put it in the article. But okay, so that's a good one to look for. And then how would someone go about personalizing their iron and understanding that? Is that blood work they need to do with their health practitioner? Absolutely. So you don't only want to be looking at actually iron. You want to be looking at ferritin. Ferritin looks at long-term iron storage. So sometimes actually if iron doesn't come up deficient, in the short term, and they're just running a basic iron panel, then you look at ferritin and it might come up low in a long-term storage. So yeah, working with your OB or if you're working with a functional medicine practitioner, we'll look at more of a holistic view than just one level, which is really important. Yeah. It sounds like it. Any other nutrients to really look out for when you're making those selections? Absolutely. So I go back to my whole foods prenatal or talking about whole foods prenatal because just a quick story. While I was pregnant, I ran out of my prenatal and ours was still being formulated and tested. And so I went to whole foods and it was shocking the prenatals that were there. One nutrient that was really low in all the prenatals that we know is so important is choline. Choline for baby's brain development, especially in the third trimester, but really long-term or all throughout pregnancy, choline is really important. So you really want at least 150 milligrams of choline Some prenatals won't have any choline at all, and ours has much more than that, just because it is so powerful for baby's brain development. What would you say to someone who said, well, I get plenty of of all my vitamins just through the food that I eat. I eat a great diet, really healthy. Is it going to hurt to take a prenatal vitamin? What's the pro and con there? Oh, such a great question. So the first step to answering that question is that a little bit alluding to what I was saying earlier, which our food is so much less nutrient dense than it used to be. You know, our food's coming from South America a lot. You know, I'm in Boston. There's no produce being made really in the winter. But let's say you're in Southern California and you're getting all your produce locally. Our soil is so nutrient depleted. 
So you really only can answer that question if you're doing nutrient testing on yourself. Now that's very in-depth. It's something we do with our clients and it's like 11 pages long of your nutrient status. So I could say to someone, even if you're eating a great diet, you know, I'm a dietitian. I would love, and it's so altruistic to think that we can get it all from our food, but from testing thousands of women, I know that's just not true, even the best eaters on the planet. And then secondarily, with taking a prenatal or really any nutrients that are, if there are any problematic, it's really your fat-soluble vitamins, so your vitamin A, D, E, and K. And so we don't put any in very high amounts in our prenatal. For example, people can overdose on vitamin D. And so we actually just have a 1,000 units of vitamin D. And that's something that should be personalized too, especially in the third trimester, vitamin D plummets. So I really recommend getting your vitamin D tested every trimester. Vitamin D acts like a hormone in the body. So it's very powerful when you're growing a small human. So yeah, our prenatal is very robust. It's six capsules per day. You take three with breakfast, three with lunch. You can't really overdose. A lot of the B vitamins, if you're taking them in excess, you'll pee out. But we're very intentional with the levels. You know, we do have a high amount of folate. That's because we don't absorb everything even that's in the supplement. So there's no real worry unless also you were taking another supplement with vitamin A. That's where I'd, you know, you just want to look at all the supplements you're taking. And this really is your very complete multivitamin that you want to be taking alongside extra magnesium and a fish oil while you're pregnant at minimum. Yeah. And extra iron potentially. Potentially. Oh, absolutely. And I had to take extra iron as well that's a whole nother, another episode. And like you said, you have a great episode on that. It sounds like I was very adverse to meat for a long time during pregnancy. And so, yeah, I got a little iron deficient, but it really helped to take a very personalized iron dose. You know, isn't that surprising during pregnancy, how our sense of smell and our sense of taste really shifts? Not everyone, but certainly mine did. It was the first time in my life I ever liked sugar and sweets. And it was the last time I ever really liked it. Just this brief period of time. That's so funny you say that because I, in my third trimester, you know, it's 4th of July and we were getting together with my family and I wanted pie so bad. And my family is like, are you okay? Like, why are you jonesing for pie over some great steak? So I actually agree with that one for myself. Yeah. No. And it was brilliant too. And I was aware, I was like, this is the only time in my life I'm going to love eating a cream puff. So I'm going to go for it. <laughs> go for it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate that answer because I think there is a tendency for people to think, well, if I'm eating a healthy diet and there's different views on that, maybe I don't need it. But that's a great answer. I appreciate it so much. If someone can't afford or doesn't have access to the kind of testing that you're talking about, do you have any guidance for them? In terms of figuring out a personalized supplement? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our prenatal, like I said, it's six capsules per day. It's $65. For some people, that is an expensive supplement. Taking half the dose is better than nothing. I would rather you take half the dose of an ultra high quality prenatal than go to CVS and take a $10 prenatal that's not tested for heavy metals. I mean, that's that's really something that goes into the price of ours is we make sure it is the lowest level of heavy metal testing. We use the strictest standards and that costs money to us. Then that makes the supplement more expensive is the quality. So I would much rather if someone had a restraints of they couldn't do testing, 
just go on a great prenatal. And then if further, if they need to do half the dose, we still have enough folate in there. Folate's one of the most important nutrients, especially for the creation of the baby's spine, for example, to do half the dose. And you know, then it's $65 for two months and you're doing still a really incredible thing for your body. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate that. And then I, I don't know how, I guess the, the simple way of putting this is what are the red flags? I don't, I don't necessarily want to name and shame any brands or anything like that. However, if there's someone who's looking at the bottle and they're like, well, what would be something that says, "Uh, uh-uh, don't take this? Yeah. So I'm there with you, Sarah. Like I am someone who's always cheering on other companies and it was shocking to me, the lack of quality in brands, actually quite infuriating because I believe women deserve the best. And I think there's a lot of prenatals out there that have a lot of good marketing behind them. They have a lot of money behind them that are doing women an insane disservice and marketing as, you know, this is only what you need. You only need two capsules a day. And maybe there's not a wide array of nutrients and vitamins. If you look at our nutrients panel, we have, you know, 20 plus vitamins and nutrients. I think one red flag is that it just has B vitamins or it has 10 or less vitamins and minerals in it. That's a big red flag to me. And then if it has competing iron and calcium, you know, they don't really care about absorption. They just care about saying it has iron and calcium, which we know we need during pregnancy, but they compete for absorption. Those are the biggest. And then I think something that's more behind the scenes that you'd have to do a lot of digging in is are they doing third-party heavy metal testing? You know, that's something that the majority of supplement companies do not do. It increases the price of the product. So that's why they don't do it. They want to produce an inexpensive product. And at the end of the day, my goal is health of women. And if that means we have to send every single batch to the lab and that increases our price by $10, that's what we're going to do. We're always going to do the right thing that improves health. And so it's actually shocking how many companies don't do testing. So you just need to make sure that if you're taking a prenatal that they do do testing, that's what I'll say about that. Okay. Is there a resource or a site or something that you recommend for people to go to if they're considering something and they want to check, hey, does you know all those things you said, does this brand do the background research on heavy metals? No, there's really not because they don't have to say if they do research on it, right? Like the, a company doesn't have to say, so there isn't currently one, maybe in the future there will be. So maybe it's the reverse. It's if a brand is talking about the fact that they do, then you know they do and they probably will talk about it because they're spending money on doing that. Yes, that's so brilliant. Absolutely. If they're talking about third-party testing, if they're talking about heavy metals or Prop 65 are the California guidelines. They're very strict guidelines. If they're saying they follow Prop 65, that's also a positive. Yeah, just really important to feel empowered. I think that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? That if you're going to take something and you're trying to support your body and improving health, that you're actually doing that. Perfect. And then I wonder, are there any risks associated with taking prenatal vitamins or side effects that people should be aware of? Or I mean, maybe things that are universal, but also things that may happen to just certain people and not others. Yeah. One thing you want to do is take it with food. So we have zinc in ours. If you take zinc on an empty stomach, you will feel nauseous to all hell. So definitely take it with food. And 
I would say there's a very small percentage of people, probably 5% that have a genetic SNP of MTHFR that are over methylators. And so if you take a a lot of methylated B vitamins, you might feel more anxious. So just look out for that. I've had probably two clients ever in 10 years that have felt more anxious on methylated B vitamins. And then there are other companies that are using other different forms. Pure Encapsulations is a great company that has an unmethylated version, but most people do much better on methylated, which are, is our company. That, that long name of folate, that's what it means. It's methylated. Yes. Which is the recommendation instead of the folic acid form. Correct. Yes. Okay. So you mentioned feeling nauseous. Sometimes people can report feeling constipated with taking supplements. I don't know how that relates, but is that something you've heard of? It shouldn't. You know, when I always hear about that, I always, my follow-up question is how does your water intake? And mainly pregnant women. I, I was even just talking to a past client yesterday who's 14 weeks pregnant and she was adverse to water. You know what I mean? So I would just watch your water intake, especially when you're pregnant. A lot of pregnant women need upwards of 100 ounces per day. And then when you're breastfeeding, it goes up from there to about a gallon. So just if you're feeling constipated, check on your water first. And then if you, a huge recommendation during pregnancy is more magnesium, especially at night, which helps with insomnia. So we have a magnesium bisglycinate, which is an incredibly absorbed form of magnesium that pregnant women love, 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 love that's separate from a prenatal that you want to take at night. Is that a capsule or is that the powder like the one I've tried, like the Miracle Worker? The Miracle Worker is the magnesium. So we have it in the powder form, which everyone loves. It's like a delicious mocktail at night, but we also do have the capsule. Okay. And then any other discomfort or concerns that you hear from folks about prenatal vitamins? Not, not about prenatals. I think one of the supplements that you mentioned that you're taking, which I would be remiss if we didn't bring up is the women's probiotic. Oh yeah. Yeah. We actually took to the research strains, the only strains to reduce group B strep and put them in this probiotic. So group B strep is something that doctors will test and it's very important to test. And it's very important you don't have it. But if you test positive for group B strep early in pregnancy, there's a possibility you might be able to get rid of it and not have to take antibiotics during labor. So yeah, those are the two strains in the women's probiotic to help reduce group B strep. And it's also really supportive if you're someone who's susceptible to yeast infections or UTIs. And if you're not susceptible to any of those things, it's just very powerful to keep everything feeling and and seeming really good in the vaginal microbiome. That's a whole nother discussion, but it's, it's really important to keep very happy. Yeah. So the prenatal vitamin does have probiotic in it or no? It has a little bit of a probiotic, but then separately, if you're someone who did test positive for group B strep or you want to make sure you don't have it or you're getting UTIs or yeast infections, that's separate would be the women's probiotic that you'd want to add on. So you basically want to create a supplement stack for yourself and then fish oil. You know, fish oil is very important to be taking during pregnancy too. So those, those are the ones that you really want to focus on for the best pregnancy and baby. Yeah. Love it. I've tried these spore-based probiotics before. Do you want to talk about that? Is there a difference? So only one of ours is spore-based. And so spore-based probiotics can be really powerful. 
Spore-based probiotics are not for a beginner gut. And so if you've got any gut issues, starting with spore-based can really like cause them havoc. It can cause more bloating and kind of like die off of the gut, but spore-based probiotics for healing the gut are just really powerful. You just want to start them slow. The supplement that we have that does have spore-based probiotics is the Healer Plus Pro. We also added in a dairy-free colostrum into that. So it's, um, yeah, kind of a two-for-one immune booster plus spore-based probiotics. So, yeah. Okay. Good to know. I know I'm like deep diving on the probiotics there because I love taking them and I I mean, gut health seems to be a really big topic and I'm glad it is lately because it's not something that I recall my parents talking about when I was young, but now it seems there's a lot more awareness about these topics and probiotics being a big part of that with the gut being core to a lot of our health, actually. It's really the center of all health and that's how we started the company and you know, it's transformed to really being a company for women And yeah, we have four different probiotics and I really believe they need to be personalized. You know what I mean? So we have a quiz. If anyone's wondering, well, what what probiotic should I be on out of those four? We have a quiz on our website that you can take, which will help you decide. Perfect. All right. So people can check that out. Okay. So then you talked about two pills versus more. And so I, the reason I bring that up is because we want to touch on the routine. So what does it look like? for a daily routine to incorporate prenatal vitamins? Yes. So our prenatal, you'd want to take three with breakfast and three with lunch. If you're someone who you're having a tough time taking down pills, you could do two with breakfast, two with lunch, two with dinner. If you're really having a tough time, three per day, you know, if you can get in three per day, that's going to be so powerful for you and your baby. So that's the routine. And then On the other pieces, magnesium at night, do yourself a favor. You will not have constipation while pregnant or insomnia if you take a good dose of magnesium, one scoop at night. And you want to make sure you're taking two fish oil, at least a thousand milligrams, especially during the third trimester. Those are the really, the really big ones, increasing vitamin D, increasing iron. You know, when you're pregnant, you don't have to take this amount of supplements all the time, but if you can just really focus on pregnancy and postpartum, it's going to reduce a lot of the issues that us women deal with around those times. Yes. And if someone is taking the additional iron, if they've done their testing or they just know like they need the additional iron, you mentioned that they don't really work well together. How would that work into the routine? Take it at night. That'll be awesome. And if you even want to furthermore increase iron absorption, take it with vitamin C, either a supplement or you can take it with, you know, half an orange at night. Vitamin C helps increase iron absorption. So that's really important. You can take it with the magnesium at night. That's not going to decrease it. So I would add that. Okay. You talked about the vaginal biome. I want to go back to that. (laughs) Let's talk about the importance of that as it relates to our gut health and our microbiome. Oh my gosh. So we have all these different areas in our body that have a lot of bacteria, good and bad bacteria. And we want that good and bad bacteria to be balanced. We want low amounts of bad bacteria, although everyone has it everywhere, mouth, gut, intestines, vaginal microbiome. And when the vaginal microbiome becomes imbalanced, we see things like yeast infections, UTIs of the, you know, that's the urinary tract basically being out of balance. 
And so these are such common things for women. It all starts in the gut, which is really important to know. But then you also can do things like the specific probiotics for the urinary tract and vaginal microbiome, like the women's probiotic with the two strains. But those two strains are specifically going to support that. But if you're having a lot of these issues, we have to go back to what's the environment of the gut microbiome, because the gut microbiome affects every other balance in the body. And so, yeah, like improving your gut health, whether it's, you know, doing testing or not, and just taking a personalized probiotic will really improve how you feel and then reduce any of those yeast infections, UTIs, gut issues um, that you don't want to have. Yeah, brilliant. No, I mean, that's the goal. Avoid those. Well, okay. I want to touch on one last thing, which is talking about taking supplements after baby is born. So prenatal vitamins when you're not pregnant, we talked about before, but you had also mentioned at the top of our discussion, taking them after baby is born. Let's talk about why and how long. Yes. So the baby in theory, is never nutrient deficient. The baby, while it's growing, sucks all the nutrients from the mom. And so while in the prenatal, we're adding additional things like choline that's going to directly go to the baby and folate, the mom becomes in many, many instances nutrient deficient. And when we're nutrient deficient and then postpartum, it affects a lot of things. It affects our energy. It affects our hair. So many women have hair loss postpartum. It affects our mental health with anxiety and depression when we're, you know, nutrient deficient. And so while I recommend to our clients that we want to continue to take our prenatal vitamin to reduce any of that. I'm six months postpartum. I've never really had any hair loss. And that's because I, it has a lot of great B vitamins, a lot of other blood sugar balancing support. And so you want to be taking it at least a year. You know, I think some pe- sometimes I'm like six months going through it myself, I'm like, I am nowhere near where I want to be nutrient-wise because I test my nutrients. You want to be optimal. And so when the baby's been growing inside of you for nine months, you need to replenish those nutrients, even if you are on a very high quality prenatal. So I definitely recommend a year, full dose if you can do it. Very important if you're breastfeeding. And then also knowing things like fish oil that are recommended during pregnancy, continue those as well. If we think about it, we're taking fish oil for baby's brain development. Why I keep also alluding to the brain is it's the most nutrient-intensive process to create. Think about a brain. It is wildly complex, and it's really important in our baby's development. And so I was literally taking fish oil, and I was just thinking about the power of it. You know, I'm taking fish oil. I'm breastfeeding right now it's going directly into that breast milk and my baby's getting it and it's nourishing her body so much. So also you can think about your nutrition postpartum, you know, what you're eating. And if you're breastfeeding, that is really adding to baby's nutrient status as well, which is really important. Yes, for sure. Thank you. Thank you for answering all of our questions. I am going to wrap us up now, unless there's any final word you'd want to share. No, just know that you deserve to feel amazing. And supporting your body with supplements is a very easy way to do that, high quality supplements. And you just deserve to feel really good. So yeah. Okay. 
you heard it. There's a lot of information that we covered, a lot of technical information too about specific things to look for. So like I said, we will give an overview of what to look for in an article on our website after this. We'll also include a code. We talked about budget. So I, <laughs> I have to mention this as well. We have a code for 10% off. So if anyone wants to use it, it's fourth, F-O-U-R-T-H. You can go to gutpersonal.com slash fourth, or you can just type in the code at your checkout and get that discount. Thank you so much, Bridget. Thank you so much. You can subscribe to this podcast in order to hear more from us. Thank you for listening, everyone. And I hope you'll join us next time on the fourth trimester. The theme music on this podcast was created by Sean Trott. Hear more at soundcloud.com slash Sean Trott. Special thanks to my true loves, my husband, Ben, daughter, Penelope, and baby girl, Evelyn. Don't forget to share the fourth trimester podcast with any new and expecting parents. I'm Sarah Trott. Goodbye for now. Hello again, bicycle man I know you're doing all that you can I wrote the song, simple and true I wrote the song, I'll sing a song for you You got your wheels, you got your gears you ride around town without any fear You got your pedals, you got your brakes You always wear your helmet for safety's sake song I sing a song for you